Welcome everyone to Plugged and Unplanned. Tony Nash here, the CEO of Booktopia, back again. And today I have one of Australia's uh, Order of Australia, Order of Australia, AM Gary Brown, author of Brand, Brand You Brand, no, Brand New Brand. I don't even have it in front of me here. I should because I've known the book for so long. Um, uh, let me just—he's uh, helping me out here, uh, but it's all blur. Uh, brand new, brand new. Brand, and the fact that it's so interchangeable, like you should—that's that's it, isn't it? It's like brand new, brand new, brand new, brand new. Doesn't matter. That's because it should actually be blending. If you think about it, you need, we all need to be thinking about it in that way. Gary, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Tony. It's great to be here. And and so and, and so therefore your your um, background in terms of writing the book obviously is in branding. Just share a little bit about what you've kind of gotten involved with over the years. You know spring chicken like me, so you must have done a few things. Oh, that, that's true. I'm probably at the wrinkly end of the, uh, the young generation. Isn't that the way they look at it? Yeah. Um, Tony, I've had uh, the uh, privilege in so many ways of being exposed to many um, parts of society and whether it be in the business sense of uh, marketing and uh, brand building of some of the uh, most iconic and household brands in not only Australia but globally, brands like Mentos and Chupa Chup and Makona Coffee, uh, those sort of brands uh, don't just happen. They actually need uh, good people around them to actually grow and develop. I've had the experience and exposure in the uh, community sector, the non-for-profits, and been able to use those skills to help those non-for-profits to really uh, develop their brand, their commercial uh, focus, and that's led to better fundraising and better awareness and exposure that's been able to help communities and those people in need. Um, and, of course, as you're probably aware, I've, I've spent many years in the Rotary Organisation, which is a, an iconic uh, organisation, but brand, iconic brand as well, globally. Um, so I've had those sort of experiences and apart from my early years of being a, a marathon runner, which was more focused on trying to find my own niche and purpose in life, those sort of components, when you mix it all together, I've been able to capture uh, those sort of uh, experiences to be able to uh, impart it to younger people through mentoring and um, really uh, sharing, because I think that's the only way we actually build society is start from young to allow them to flourish and realize their true potential. Mm. So there's just so many questions bursting here. I mean, for those that don't uh, realize, and you probably wouldn't, but I've known Gary for many, many years, probably um, over 40 years, which is crazy to think about that. And he talked about his marathon running. And, and I remember when I was, um, you know, my, my teens and Gary's a few years older than me, but he, you know, like I, I would run in the city to surf and I think my best time was 65 minutes and you pull out the, the lift out from the Sun Herald and, and, and look, at, look at the results and there he is in the top 10 in a finishing. Um, he's, he's had a very, very accomplished um, running career and quite often I might see him on a bicycle um, cycling around the streets. He's very active, very fit, still is. 
Um, so he he has uh, he's accomplished many things. The the um, recognition the it's a it's Gary Brown AM. Um, for those that uh, listen, correct right, it's not OAM, it's AM. Is that mostly? Do, did you get recognised for your work within Rotary? Is that where that mostly? Came? Funnily enough, funnily enough, uh, it was more focused on um, youth, uh, the environment, and um, business, and, and the general community work. Uh, Rotary is just one component of my life. Mm. Um, but as you know, Rotary spreads through the tentacles of community, society, and business. So I, I'm, uh, look, I'm, I'm very proud and also feel very honoured to, to have received it. I, I, I must say that when I did get the letter, I was quite sure they'd send it to the wrong person. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, I mean, what a, I think that's important for everyone to understand who's listening, the tapestry of, of uh, experience and skill and, and wisdom and knowledge that Gary's picked up over the years. It comes from many pursuits. And I think when he said when he sat down and wrote this book about about your brand and that's why when i get confused about your title because i'm always thinking about brand you that was the one thing that stood out when i you know when i saw the title of your book it's like um your brand like people don't really think about that do they they don't think about their brand it's kind of like it's it's almost like baggage to a degree or it's almost like um it's almost like you breathe and you don't think about breathing or walking or eating to a degree but but you've kind of laid it out there it's, is that how you observe the rest of us um that people are carelessly or negligently or just unthinkingly kind of going about our business without putting any thought into into their own personal brand and how they how they come across is that is that why you feel there was a bit of an opportunity an opening to write a book like yours look i think tony the the issue is that that people can lose their way in life young people don't know how to start in life and then older people find that they think they've lost their way but in fact the they have they've lost that energy to actually focus and and keep their purpose whole. And if we look at personal branding, uh, many of us, um, those who are not focused on it, allow other people to determine their own brand as opposed to individuals taking control of their own brand. And that's where I've tried to get people to focus on what is your brand and what is your your purpose, what are your values, what are your behaviours, and how do your values and your behaviours meet to actually have what I call a perceptible reality. And many people just leave that open and don't give it much thought whatsoever. And some are very fortunate. They can just go through life, but they use their job or they use some skill they've had to be recognised or are recognised for that and nothing more. When that's, that particular uh, recognition is taken away, such as people who have had a, a long-term career as a CEO, et cetera, when they lose that particular title and they don't have that job anymore, they actually lose their purpose. 
and people don't look at them anymore as being the CEO. In fact, they don't have a brand as such because they've used their job as, as their major part of their brand. And so I saw this uh, in older people, but I also saw younger people that I would mentor because they would ask me, where do I go? What do I do? And I would ask them, well, what do they want to do? What is your purpose? They couldn't answer that. And that's when I started getting them to think about their brand and, their, and write an elevator statement. Tell us what you actually want to be. Tell me what you want to be at the end of your career and then work backwards. And so from that perspective, people have started thinking about their own personal brand. And if you've got a brand and you want to change it, that's why brand new can be a new brand. You can actually change your, your whole image and perspective if you take certain steps accordingly. Mm. So many, yeah, once again, so many questions. It's really stimulating, actually, when you when you start to ponder on some of the things you're bringing up there. And it, is it is it mostly for from your experience? Is this mostly for people who are trying to I don't know make something of themselves? You talked about CEO. I'm a CEO, but um, and I know the the distinction between Booktopia as its own entity and and I'm the CEO. But if I'm replaced, then I'm no longer the CEO and therefore Booktopia lives on and goes on. Um, but but for, for anyone in politics, music, fashion, um, journalism, anything where you, do you feel like it's, it's for uh, people who have, who have got some sort of um, bigger goal? Um, how, how relevant is it if people have decided to take more of a, um, a backseat um, 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 I, I won't. I don't. I don't want to be um, too traditional here. But it, it, my wife is not is not keen on going out and building an empire. She's she's thrilled, and I'm thrilled to have a partnership with her. For example, that what we do is we do together as a team, and so therefore, um, you know, her role um, um, as, as spectacular as she is. Um, is very much um, no, no, no. I, I'm. I don't want to be like front of stage and under the spotlight. So, is it for for? You know, is it for all? Um, and and therefore, you might be working in a team. You might be working as a customer service person in a call center, for example. And I've seen some of the most incredible call center people because they have got. Uh, you know, they just the, the the sun shines out of them, and when they talk, it's very soothing. And they, you think, oh my gosh, you know, I'd like to speak to that person whenever I have an issue because I just feel like we're going to get things. Can you see where I'm coming from with this? So I know exactly what you're saying, Tony. And I think to start off by saying, if if we all really have an introspective uh, view of ourselves, we would ideally like people to know us for who we are, not what we do. And on that basis, we all mean something to someone or, or to groups of people. And so when I talk about the book being a brand new, brand new, I talk about how to build and maintain your relevance and your reputation. And your relevance is what we're actually talking about, whether it be to your family, your friends, 
to your business colleagues or whoever or to the community. That is important to everyone because if you're not relevant, you actually become extinct and you start shriveling up and becoming Robinson Crusoe sitting on an island because no one has interest in you or you haven't been able to capture that. Now, when you talk of your partner, wife, etc., it's not about her job. It's about who she is and what she means to others and what she wants to mean to others. And to her family, I'm quite sure she's critically important and she knows she is. And it's a bit like being a grandparent with grandchildren. You actually want to mean something to your grandchildren, but you actually have to know how to engage with them to be relevant. So many grandparents say, oh, I don't have that connection with my grandchildren. Why? It's not necessarily just an age thing. It's actually working on making yourself relevant. Not because you've got a job. It's actually about how you connect with your grandchildren, your family, etc. And so that's what this book is about. And so it's not all about career, limelights, or anything like that. It's purely about how you fit in to the community or the, the group of uh, that, we talk, that I talk of, whether it be a business group or a family, community, et cetera. So if we think about some of the, I mean, you've been in marketing and you've, you've, you've brought you know, brands to Australia from overseas and you, I mean, the timing, you, you talk about relevance. A lot of people don't think about that or think about um, the, uh, I mean, there's just so many successful products over the decades, over the cent- few, last few centuries that today um, would go nowhere because mm. it's no longer relevant. Um, and and it, it may not have anything to do with because they're not tech or they're not, you can't plug them in and, and charge them. It's It's even you know, certain dolls or toys or hula hoops or whatever it is, it's like, yeah, you know, that's not going to work today. Um, it's, it's interesting to to think about that, to think about how um, how important. I, I got to interview the guy who took Ugg boots from Australia to the US recently um, on, on my program, Brian Smith, and he he t- he's a surfer and and he <clears throat> talked about the wave and, and thinking about where that, where that, societal shift is happening in a, in a similar kind of way where you and I can only imagine how surfers are sitting out the back there and they can they can pick the wave they know the wave um I'm out there and I'm going it just looks like another rolling bit of water I wouldn't know one one from the next but in business I I'm you know I've had a bit of experience now so I can I can pick it so I guess it's that it's the understanding that relevance yeah but in terms of your own personal like who you are is that because we just so invested in our own beliefs and values and, you know, it's, it's who I am. It's, it's, how hard is that for us to really pivot? Um, I guess you've got to have the will and want to be, you've got to make relevance important to you. Otherwise you'd just be um, like an old, um, you know, one of those billionaires from a hundred years ago that used to hide themselves in their, in their castles and, and, and you know, you know be, become a recluse. Um, and so must be, you, you've got to have the will, um, and to, to, to make that important. Is that right? So 
to, to answer your first question, relevance. Relevance is not just a moment in time, it is over time. So today you're relevant, tomorrow you may not be relevant. So it's, it's about being um, flexible and adaptable to actually have that mindset that says that things change. You talked about brands. Brands have a life unless they are continually renewed and you continually reinvent to be attractive and appealing to the customer and the consumer. So that's critical. There are two moments in time when you are the most relevant. They are when you are born and when you die because the audiences are captivated by that particular event and experience. Everything between those two events is in your control and you have that opportunity to do what you need to do to be relevant. Some people go through life and don't have one thought about being relevant because they are carefree and they have been able to get where they want to be, they don't think about it. There is definitely groups of people in the community who actually strike a point and wonder, where am I going? What am I doing? I feel lost. And they may not openly say that, but they swim around trying to work out what to do next. And I think we actually all have that particular um, experience. We don't, we all, we deal with it in different ways. And some of us have got toolboxes uh, in our back pocket that help us to deal with it. But a large majority don't. And the relevance aspect they don't define it as being or describe it as relevance. They just describe it in a way that says I'm, I'm transitioning or I need to look for a new career or I need to do something different or I feel as if I'm in a rut. They're the, they're the, the sort of messaging and, and word code words for loss of relevance and loss of understanding of how do I get back on track. I mean, you and I probably don't have that, that uh, issue uh, so readily because to some extent we know what we've done in the past, we've got that experience, we've actually got a template that brings us back on track. But many others just don't know what to do. You and I probably don't think about the word relevance, but we know we actually have to get our back on line as far as our purpose is concerned and where we're going. So if you think about if you think about some of the the greatest relevant people that you've ever met or who have been part of history, I mean, when you're to, when the way that you were talking, and I and I think about okay, now who's mastered that? And I I reckon Bob Hawke must have been one of the most very uh, um, you know he was he was a master of being relevant through his whole life. I mean. Just as a as a leader of the country, as a larrikin, post post being prime minister, he was always always loved and liked. Yeah. And then you think about other prime ministers who who were um, who were detested, or even they were loved in the beginning when they were voted into office, but then as time went on, they become they became um, their, their own you know party 
faithful lost faith in them and so when if you can give us some examples of people who you've um who you've seen so we can go yeah i can see what they've done it's really help, helpful to have like a uh like a not a template but like someone you can go that's a bit of a horizon point for us to kind of go yeah that's i get it i see what they have done what's what's your experience so, so let, let's take bob hawk as a good example um he was in touch and engaged with his constituents and he adapted and moved with the times he actually moved with the constituents that he maintained his relevance if Bob Hawke was around today, at the age he was in his prime, in the when he came to power in the in the eighties, I suspect he wouldn't be relevant today, because the way he presented, behaved, his whole larrikinism, society's moved on. He would be irrelevant in the sense that he would not necessarily be accepted in the same sort of way that he did in the early 80s. It was timing. It is the moment in time, and he allowed himself to be reinvented. John Howard is another example. To the point that he became uh, rejected was a sign of potential loss of relevance. But let's go to sports people where you have some outstanding uh, Federer, for example, is an amazing individual. He's a great tennis player and he's been able to continually uh, perform. And it's not just about performance. You can have someone who wins all the time, but if they don't connect with their supporters, they actually lose their relevance. And you have to use a whole host of components to keep yourself relevant. And Federer has done very well to align himself with well-known iconic brands such as Rolex and Uniqlo, et cetera. And then he's gone around and he's behaved, his values and everything, people align with that. And then you can have business people, if you think about, and I'm going showing my age, but John Spalvins, for example, who was a, um, or, or John Elliott, or some of those uh, individuals from the early nine, 1990s who were there buying businesses, et cetera, if they wouldn't be considered today different leaders. They would be, uh, have a different perspective or be looked at in a totally different way by destroying value in businesses. And you know, businesses have got to be more accountable today in terms of more impact, more value, more community focus. In those days, going back, that wasn't something that was considered to be so important. So the leader has to be engaged with community attitudes, being relevant to your, your customers, your constituents, and also taking into account the way in which the world is moving. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it's got me thinking. I mean, there's so many, there's so many societal movements going on. There's, there's the huge change in terms of gender and, and not even just um, 
the, the male and female equality. There's also transgender and other and other sexualities that have have um, been able to create a much leveler um, place of 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 existence. And not even it's not even a playing field. It's just actually everyone having their own equal rights, um, which is terrific. There's there's um, you know, Black Lives Matter and there's there's equal pay. There's just so many other, um, you know, we're kind of going through this massive um, shift in in lots of our our how green are we? What are we doing with the planet? I mean, it's it's all coming through thick and fast in terms of uh, of, of being. We we need to be the Dalai Lama to a degree in in some ways, or pick your own you know Jesus or or you know, Muhammad or, or God or whoever to, to find, to, to, to be relevant almost because, um, no matter which way you turn, you're going to say something inappropriate or do something inappropriate. Is it, do you feel that at the moment that there's quite a lot of, um, things at play to, to be, to even keep up with our, our relevance? The, the number of moving parts in society and components not only for those who just live in society, but if you were trying to do business or build a brand, whether it be a consumer brand or any other brand, is incredibly difficult and challenging. And all of those elements that you mentioned that are societal trends and causes, they are all trying to find a name and a brand that is going to stand out in the minds of those in society. And so if you think about that uh, cartoon where you've got all those brands knocking on the the head of uh, a consumer, which one do they choose and where do they go? What is the interest? What isn't? And how can we shift their mindset to be far more focused on their brand rather than somebody else's? And so these distractions and these elements are incredibly complex. And I think that uh, the humanity has really got to get itself clear as to what are the priorities in, in the world. And I think that that's starting to shake itself. But they're all the side issues that come around uh, and they cross over. It's incredibly complex. And um, trying to build brands, consumer brands, let alone your own personal brand, because which one are you going to hook uh, yourself too to maintain your relevance. It's it's a really hard issue to debate. So do you um, and for everyone, just as a reminder, I'm talking to Gary Brown, the author of Brand New Brand You, um, and he um, he's a brand expert. Uh, do do you people are listening to this now and they're going, you know, Gary's onto something here. I I need to. Uh, I mean, obviously. Go and buy his book. That's what we want. Whether it's uh, whether it's at Booktopia or in any any bookstore, and if they don't if they don't stock it in the bookstore, do us a favor. Go in and say, hey, have you got Gary Brown's book? And they go, should we? And you say, well, you better better stock it. That's be extremely helpful. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> us. That's us. Really, you know, doing a, a big push on on the old brand there. Uh, but the um, you didn't. It's interesting how how you talked about brand you and but relevance it was not in the title um 
Ed, did you, as you were trying to come up with a title or maybe even a subtitle, um, but it's a very, um, it's a cornerstone kind of theme to the book, um, seems like. Um, were you very, did you debate a long time internally uh, about what, what the book was going to be called or did it pop out straight away and then everything fell from there? How did how'd you go about that journey? Tony, as a, as a good um, brand marketer, um, you can come up with a concept, but if the uh, if the customer or the consumer doesn't get it or like it, then you go back to the drawing board and start again. Um, I can tell you that the the name of the book was something quite different, and uh, I went out and tested it. And um, consumers, it, interesting, and this is this is really basic, but it's very important. Um, when I told the consumer about the book and explained the title, they got it. When they looked at the title first up, they did not get it. And so I went back to the drawing board and within, I would say, two minutes, I came up with the new name. I went back out and they got it immediately. And that's what I call really good research and understanding. And so. Uh, I did have the title. I wrote the book on the previous title, but it was, uh, you talked about why, why wasn't the book called Relevance? Because relevance is just one component of your brand. It, it is not the only component. Um, it, there are so many moving parts, and that's why the book has got that um, clear, sectionalized approach to allow people to use it to go back to um, and reputation is critical. If you don't have a, a reputation, good or bad, you actually can't create a brand. A bad reputation. Are you saying that having a bad reputation is, um, I guess, if you're you know like a villainous kind of character, uh, then you like if you if you're if you're a mafia head and you've got um, a glowing reputation, you want to you know, or a henchman, you want to have, probably have a bad reputation, I guess, uh, that'll keep your relevance up. But if you're known as the, as the Mother Teresa of all henchmen, um, it's probably, you're probably not going to be taken seriously. Is that kind of where you're heading there? Or <laughs> Tony, it's really interesting because when I was going through doing this sort of assessment, uh, the question is, what is a bad reputation as opposed to a good reputation? And it really comes down to the environment in, and the perceptible aspects, that is the perceptible uh, aspects of the way people see you. And you may say, uh, Joe Bloggs down the road's got a bad reputation, but I actually may see Joe Bloggs as having a good reputation. So it's this perception that you have and uh, the uh, environment in which you live is actually governing to some extent the perception of um, of the individual. So the mafia, hypothetically, in certain environments in uh, other parts of the world, let's say, might be considered to be uh, a good reputation. Sure, I mean they're, they're benefactors in many cases. You're right, absolutely sure. correct. And yeah. so you can't. It it really is. It, it's a a movable feast and something that's got all these different layers to actually try and work out reputation because it's culture, 
mindset and, and approach, which is, is critical. But in our country, we would not look at those individuals you describe as having a good reputation. You maybe, would want to stay away from them. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's more, I think, like, uh, let's just take the CEO, like the role of a CEO, having um, maybe a strong or like give them a score out of 10 when it comes to that and their reputation. And there'll be people that have, you know, 10 out of 10 because they're just, they're strong when it comes to the, the title CEO or a five because they're, they're kind of come see, come so then, you know, versus a one, which is they're really a wishy-washy. So I, I get that it's um, by, by articulating what your reputation is, then well, how, how strongly do you want to demonstrate that and be, you know, you talked before about being a marathon runner, right? And you probably have seen mar many marathon runners over the years and some of them that you ran with and against 40 years ago. And what are they doing today? They've, they've hung up their, their shoes and they're probably, many of them are unhealthy and, but you've kept running. Um, so therefore, uh, even though they may have beaten you back then, but um, what about, you know, when you turn 60 um, and you can still run a marathon in, you probably do it under two and a half hours or something like that, I can imagine. Um, and so um, it's it's a bit like that, isn't it? It's a bit like, um, uh, um, are you wishy-washy or, 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 you know, whatever attributes you're, you're gunning for, how, how do you want to demonstrate them in the world? If you, if you say that you are, you, you like to give back, you talked before about community. Well, how do you do that? Do you just simply write a check every year and donate it to uh, Bill and Melinda Gates's foundation? Or are you out there um, on the weekends in the soup kitchen um, giving back? Um, I, I can see what you where you're coming from there. One of the other attributes you talk about is recognition, reputation, recognition, relevance. Um, I don't, I'm, I can, I'm pretty sure people can tell I'm not giving away the book by just by doing that. You've actually got those words in your in your book's description in the short description on on our website. So um, let's talk a little bit about that recognition in terms of um, you talk about the intersection of those things. How how does recognition fit in with the reputation and relevance then? So with regard to reputation, you, you build, reputation is built over time. And it's built over time when you are, you can have a great reputation and not be relevant. And, but you can't be relevant without a reputation. So you actually got to build uh, in the, the aspects of purpose. When we talk about purpose, what are you trying to build in terms of where you're going? So you want to build your reputation in a particular area in, within a particular um, subset of the community, whether it be family, business, etc. When you've built your reputation to a point, you then get recognised. And you get recognised in, in various ways uh, by the fact that, People will approach you to seek advice or people will approach you uh, to uh, take on a new role, uh, all different aspects. So you, you actually have to do it in a staged way. And so it's taking the initiative 
to and the steps to build your reputation by having the right values, the right behaviours, which will then deliver you that perceptible reality that people see that your values and behaviours are aligned. <clears throat> when that occurs, when you actually have perceptible reality that people see everything aligned, <clears throat> excuse me, you then have people potentially following you and you then uh, can build a leadership position that will allow for you to then be recognised. One of the issues I see with uh, people in power who have... Um, accumulated reputation recognition relevance and then the abuse of power or the um, taking advantage of others can have that all come crashing down and if you don't have the 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 values and the integrity the pillars of why you got there um, then um, you need to be very grounded like around those kind Otherwise, what happens is you get a you get a false sense of of yourself. Uh, you start getting recognised, and then all of a sudden, um, that's what actually unseats you. Is have you you must have? Uh, I mean, I've known you for a while. I don't know you as well as your, your closest friends, but I've known you. I don't get a sense that that's you actually. As you became more and more successful, um, you're even more and more grounded. Uh, you would have seen others who have completely um, um, exploded or, or you know, self-sabotaged everything that they had done for so many years by by getting to that point where they lost their purpose or they lost touch with what it was about. H how do you? How do we all make sure that um, that we don't trip up and 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 then lose it all? What are some of the key things that you're seeing? I think it's really important for people to know that. Because once you get there, you've got to, when you hear stories winning people winning $50 million in the Powerball or something like that, and then all of a sudden, five years later or whatever else, it's gone and they actually owe more money than they did when, when they received it. And therefore, there was that, those, you know, the not knowing how to, to manage it, not knowing what to use with, with the power. Money is energy, right? So... What can we learn from that? Well, I think very simply it comes back to your values uh, and your values are going to hold you true and deviating from your values um, and losing your values is, is where a lot of people become un unstuck. Um, for my mind, respect for humanity, respect for other people. Uh, no human being is more superior than the other. In my view, people take the view that they can be superior and that, that actually leads to arrogance. And that arrogance is then overflows to domination, intimidation, um, and you see it every day. And um, we've, we've seen it more often than not in more recent times where people do not respect other people, and it leads to uh, to some of the the um, unsavoury experiences that we've read about in papers in in more recent months. Um, but value it comes down to true values, living your values day in day out. 
people have to be prepared to accept the fact that if they really want to be living their values, they have to know what to um, uh, what they'll walk away from, uh, what they stand for, and and what they won't accept uh, in terms of when other people's uh, approach or values don't live up to theirs. I mean, and that's in a in a personal and community sense. In a business sense, a CEO, if they don't live the values of their own values, but also those of the organisation, they become unstuck very quickly. And you've seen time and time again CEOs who actually have had to walk because their values don't align with the values and behaviours of the organisation or, for that matter, the community. And one of the interesting things that's come out in, in the last couple of years, which we haven't seen uh, for ever, in my view, is that community attitudes and values and, and principles are dictating the way the, the stock, stock market is operating and that the community value, not just the shareholders, but community values are actually dictating how share price and how businesses should be run because they've forced some the behaviours of some of the CEOs and senior executives out of, out of office. So for my mind, one needs to accept the fact that no one is more superior than the other. We all have uh, a right and a responsibility to protect others who we, we live with in the community and respect them accordingly. Mm, amazing. Boy, oh boy, I wish we had uh, more time than we have to continue to dive into these kind of interesting, uh, you know, interesting concepts. Because for me as a CEO, I'm, I grapple with it a lot. And, and I, I, you know, uh, not that I wonder, but I, I know that there is much at risk in terms of, of anything that I might do to to have us derail for even for a second it's like it's it needs that needs to be completely um you know I've, I've got to be completely cognizant of, of all of all of that it's it's it can be frightening but at the same time it's going well that's you know that's what your that's your job that's that's Absolutely. how it works so um to stick stick to what you've always done um and you probably keep heading in the right direction we're, we're kind of unfortunately running out of time. So amazingly as it sounds, because it seems like we just started. Um, for those that are listening, uh, you know, the book, uh, Brand New, Brand New, is actually not a very big book. And I don't mean that in any disrespect. It's just that Gary is very economical with his words. He, he gets straight to the point And why have someone sit there on a massive tomb just to prove, tome just to prove that he's, he's um, you know, he's, He's knowledgeable and 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 he's got lots of graphs and lots of spreadsheets and things. No, no, it's it's a real easy read. You can get you can get through it in a couple of hours. And and I know that um, that's what it's about because you want to be able to get right to the you know to the meat of it and and have people then go away, put it down, and consider consider it. I, you know, one of the probably the issues that's uh, impacting current sales is the fact that it's one of those great books that people probably give to somebody else after they've read it and said, you've got to read this book, which of course, you know, it's not helping your sales. Um, but, you know, it's all about getting the message out there and transformation. 
as, uh, as uh, which is the most important thing. Um, but before we we part ways, Gary, is there anything that we kind of haven't talked about today that you think, oh, you know, would have liked to have mentioned this just to kind of round it out? Tony, I think the only other component and element is the fact that um, th this book has been terrific from my own perspective because I've been able to capture but also use to help uh, younger people when it comes to mentoring. And it is a great book for mentors and mentees to actually read and develop and understand. And if I do mentor young people or anyone, I mean, I mentor CEOs, uh, younger people, older people, it doesn't matter how old they are, they really should have an appreciation of the book because it makes the discussion and the interaction and the relationship much more meaningful and healthier. And uh, for my mind, mentoring is going to be a way of the future and it's going to be a way that we in society can help each other to make it not only ourselves better, but also make the community stronger and business healthier. So I leave you with those sort of thoughts because I think that's uh, an understated experience that everyone should try and have mm. i mean it's it, when you say it's the way of the future it's actually more the way of the past before the education system existed uh, 250 years ago um it was all about mentoring it was about your tribe it was about uh, elders and and educating um the younger ones coming through which is kind of like a returning back to the old rather than handing over your kids to the education system where they pop out 12 years later yep. and and then they're fit and ready for society is in some ways um handy if you want to uh, do certain things in in the world especially when you want to go go on and 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 learn a trade or learn a profession um but for other areas in terms of life skills and family friends leadership um community involvement um, it's quite often falling a long way short. Uh, that's my experience of it. Congratulations on the book, Gary. It's um, it's such a, a great testimony to everything that you've accomplished thus far, and 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 you know I hope that um, it, it continues to spark a flame and and spread like wildfire through you know through our voracious desire to learn more and and. And uh, congrats from us and for everyone out there. There's plenty of copies. Go online, go into your bookshop. Gary Brown, brand new, brand new. Well done, mate. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate the time. Good on you. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget... You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au.